0: Welcome to the podcast series on the Art of Mentoring. I'm Dr. Laura Lunsford from the University of North Carolina Wilmington, and I'm here today with Dr. Steve Kortenkamp from the University of Arizona. In this podcast series, we cover facts and information to help you gain insight about what mentoring is and isn't. Let's get started. In this podcast, we will discuss how to mentor middle and high school students using project-based learning, Dr. Kortenkamp, it's great to have you here today. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, sure, Laura. I'm, I'm uh, an astronomer, and I work in the Lunar and Planetary Laboratory at the University of Arizona. I study the orbits of asteroids and comets and how they interact with, with the planets of the solar system. Um, I also write children's science books. I have quite a few children's science books for all ages from kindergarten up to about eighth grade or so. Um, so it's a, a fun thing to do to kind of bring my science uh, to to other younger uh, students.
0: Well, wow, that's really impressive. And you're definitely the expert today who can help us learn about mentoring through project-based learning. Can you tell me, what is project-based learning?
1: Yeah, I had to look that up myself <laughs> and, and figure this out when I first started this. It. Um, but it's my... My sort of uh, construction of what it is in my head is uh, I relate it to storytelling um, and, and not not a child reading a story, but a child actually telling a story. Mm-hmm. And you have to connect all, all of the elements of the story. So there's, if you think of the usual format, there's some kind of an introduction of the characters in the story and then and then they have some experience and then there's a conclusion of some kind. And it can be difficult to understand middle parts of the story or end parts of the story without having you know, the the information about the characters from the beginning. and So it's sort of weaving a tale um, through this by telling the story. And so when I think of project-based learning, that's sort of what I think now. We're, we're going to also tell a story. We're going to have these students tell a story. It's going to be a little different. It's going to involve um, space science and astronomy. Um, but they will do the same kind of thing. So they will, they will learn some things early on that they will use in the middle part of their project and then, also, the middle part of the project, they'll learn even higher level things that they use at the end of the project. And, and they'll have to tell this story as they progress through it. Um, so I, I see that as what project-based learning is to me. And it's very much centered on the student, not on the teacher or the mentor. Um, and the students are learning as they go um, through various steps al- along the path, of seeking, you know, answers to kind of a, a broad, vague question rather than specific um, questions like we might you know, experience in a science class where you have to know, you know, what is the temperature on Mars or something like that? They're learning as they go.
0: Well, that's a really terrific analogy to think of project-based learning as a, telling a story. That makes a lot of sense to me. Um, why on earth, get it, <laughs> an astronomer, <laughs> did you sign on to this project to do project-based learning?
1: Yeah, okay, so that's that's also uh, pretty interesting for me. Uh, so PBL is the acronym uh, for project-based learning, and uh, when I first signed on for this, I saw PBL, and I didn't know what it meant, and I, but it sounded like a fun project, the, the, the working with students who are... Uh, blind or visually impaired in some way. And so I I just thought that would be a great time to do that. And in uh, in hindsight, I realized that that I myself learn better through this project-based learning type thing. And this is going to be a new experience for me, and I would have to weave my own story through this. And so at each step of the way, and, and we haven't even started working with the students yet, but I've already, I'm already partway through my own story here. i I've learned about how to uh, print things on a 3D printer Wow. and I've learned how to make how to make the files that need to be used to print on a 3D printer from, you know, craters on Earth or Mars or the moon, how to convert those into the right files. I've learned what project based learning is, you know, so each step of the way, I'm learning something that I need in order in order to take the next step. Um And in addition to that, it's just uh, since I am a science teacher, I'm always looking for better, more effective ways of teaching my students. And I I haven't had much experience with visually impaired um, students. I've had a little bit. Um, But I think that from that, I can can be more effective with all of my students, not just those who are visually impaired. So that was sort of what I was thinking in the back of my mind. And I, I wouldn't have been able to tell you that on day one, but now that we're you know, a year into this project, and I look back and I think, okay, this is, this is the way I learned best, too, and that's probably one of the reasons why I, I signed on to it.
0: Well, it sounds like you've been using this project to do a lot of learning yourself, so it's really um, exciting, and I, too, have learned a lot in terms of mentoring and working with students with different um, capacities to be really successful. I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about how mentors can really prepare students to help to learn in this way.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I think the mentors, they need to recognize that that this project-based learning is, is very much centered on the student and that what the student will be experiencing as they work through the various components of, the, of these projects, um, that, that these are all connected in some way. And sometimes the connection is pretty subtle. We don't spell it out in the description that, okay, you'll need to know how to do this next week when you do this next part. It's It's very subtle. And so for some students, it may be too subtle. And so the mentors, I think, need to recognize that that that's how these are designed and that the connections maybe need to be spelled out a little bit or maybe they need to ask questions of their students to see if they recognize the connections. And if they don't, kind of subtly push them in that direction. So uh, things like measurements and some of the math that's involved, the first step, we're going to ask them to measure some things on these 3D models and, and then perform some calculations, which we don't call calculations, you know, but they'll have mm-hmm. to uh, put this into, use their experience in terms of, like, for instance, how fast do they walk, um, and, and then put that into context of the story about this impact crater. Um, then in the next section, uh, we'll assume they know how to measure these things and how to do those kinds of calculations. So. The question will be, you know, a step ahead of that already. So the mentor might might say when they meet with them, so, "Oh, so so you realize how you did this project, this part of the project. You may want to remember that. You may need that next time, or or keep in mind how you did that because it could come up again or something like that. Um, so recognize that these connections are there, and they may need to be um, emphasized a little bit if it's a little too subtle for the student."
0: Well, that makes a lot of sense, and I think what you're saying is mentors really will benefit if they can remember it's centered on their mentee or student experience, and that part of their job is to understand the entire project so they could help ask great questions to help the mentees discover for themselves the connections to the next link. Have we got that right?
1: Yeah, I think that's right. That's that's a good way of saying it, right? You, you summarize everything I said in just like 30 seconds. Right?
0: <laughs> no, it's right, great. <laughs> Um, I'm wondering if you, you've worked a lot in science education, and I'm now pretty excited about craters just listening to you talk about it myself, especially a 3D printed one. But I expect that sometimes people might encounter some challenges, and particularly if they're not familiar on working with visually impaired students. Could you share a little bit about what challenges you think the mentors might encounter so they could be prepared for them?
1: Yeah, and this is a, this is a part of the program that I'm also uh, struggling with, and that is how does a, a student who is blind originally visually impaired, and, and particularly a younger student, you know, we're going to have sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade students here, and some of the challenges for them are just in the tactile experience that they have. Um, I, I, all, all of them will, will be able to read in Braille, right, and they'll be able to use the Internet, and they'll be technologically savvy. Um, but in terms of using their their fingers and their hands to, to gather the information out of the 3D model, it I believe it works quite a bit different than someone who can see the model. So most of our mentors, uh, most of our university mentors, um, will not be visually impaired, and they will have the 3D model in their hand, and they will be able to see almost instantaneously the whole picture what it looks like, what are some of the really key critical characteristics of this. The visually impaired student is going to have to find those coming the other way. They're going to, they're going to be sensing fine detail, and in their mind they're going to be constructing the big picture. They won't see it, um, you know, immediately. And so those mentors will see, for instance, E.D. or Crater. Um, it has an unusual shape to it that is very clear from looking at a picture or a 3D model. And that unusual shape will take these students, I think, quite a while to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that first component of it, asks them questions about that shape. And So I think that's going to be the challenge for all of us is to realize how, how does the, the image in the mind of a visually impaired student form as they're gathering you know, this information? And it's the opposite of those of us that can see. We, we start with the big picture, and then we look for little details. And a a student who's blind starts the opposite direction. The little details build into the big picture. Um, So I think that will be a challenge for for all of us.
0: Mm -hmm. What about challenges, um, just in general, in terms of helping to facilitate progress, or if students get frustrated? Do you have any advice about that?
1: Yeah, I guess just from my experience working with many students over the last 10 years, there's, when I first started teaching, I was very tempted to, to help too much. Someone would come and ask me a question, I tell them the answer, uh, which is what they wanted, mm-hmm. but it's maybe not necessarily the, the goal. Um, and so there is a temptation to help too much too quickly um, rather than, you know, ask another question, They ask a question of you, ask a question of them to try to lead them to an answer. Um, so that's, that's one thing just with general teaching and, tutoring and mentoring that I think we all need to be aware of. And uh, another big one is realizing that these students, you know, all students, they have a whole life outside of this project, mm-hmm. um, sometimes, sometimes very full lives. And so, you know, this is, this is not perhaps the main thing they have going on. And so you have to recognize that, that they might come a little bit unprepared, occasionally or their enthusiasm might not be there from week to week or month to month it might you know ebb and flow just like ours does for different things um and so be, be on guard for that kind of thing and rec- recognize it when you see it and and you know try to work with it and get them a little more engaged in, in some way um in the project if you if you sense that well they're, they're not quite en- as engaged this week as they were last week um you know, I wonder what. Maybe they had a bunch of exams at, at their own school or something like that, and they didn't have time to really get into this. Um, so I think that would be a challenge too. Just the the, the changing level of enthusiasm and engagement over it. This is going to be a long project, and um, that will almost certainly you know move up and
0: down. That's really great advice. I think sometimes we can assume people aren't motivated when, in fact, they just have some other things going on and. And learning to really just ask about what else is going on before we assume they're not interested is, is really terrific advice. I have um, one last question for you. And I'm. it sounds like you've done project-based learning, even if it wasn't called that. What do you think could be really exciting for mentors about mentoring others in this way? What what benefits have you experienced?
1: Yeah, so the main benefits I get are, are at the end when um, – I sort of see the reactions of the students, and it, it might sound a little corny, um, but a lot of times the, the university students that I have working in my class, they do some project like this, and I didn't realize before it was project-based learning, and I'm sure they didn't either, um, but when it's all done and, they, and they're finished, and, they, and I always have them do some kind of a presentation, whether it's live or recorded or something, um, you can tell that they've, they've got something out of it. Um, and it's not something they're going to quickly forget, like, uh, you know, memorizing answers for an exam or something like that. They're gonna, some of these projects that they do, they'll remember for the rest of their lives, even though they'll forget, like, who I am or, or w- what we actually learned in the class content. They'll remember the project and the experience of it. Um, and sometimes that, that's because they were uncomfortable. And, and for the projects I do, it's physically uncomfortable. I have them do things when it's cold and it's very early in the morning, <laughs> and that discomfort uh, helps you remember the experience. Um, but also they, the, the end product, they many times are surprised that they were able to do uh, what they did, turn it in, and, and you know, and they, you know, they'll, they'll send it home to their grandma or their mom, and they'll put it on YouTube so that their mom can see what they've done. That's how proud of it they are. And I think that really helps them uh, main, retain uh, what they've learned uh, from that process.
0: Well, that sounds great, and I, too, when I've done this type of learning, find that um, it's so rewarding to see mentees be able to do far more than they thought they could, and their sense of accomplishment is really exciting, and especially since we want to intrigue these students and get them interested in, in STEM fields and know that that's possible for them. Any other advice you have?
1: Uh, I, I think that I would reiterate back to you about what you just said, that that sort of, that is the the goal of this project, is to just build up their self-confidence in this kind of a field, science or onto your math or something like that, that it, it isn't as scary as many people think it is. And uh, for a for a student who has a visual impairment, it, it probably is even more scary than that. And so the the idea is that we will help build their confidence up that, you know, they can do things like this. It's just a matter of, uh, uh, you know, committing to it and then uh, being being engaged with it throughout the process. But, yeah, that, that's the goal, hopefully. We'll uh, build up their confidence and let them see that pretty much anything is possible. If you can handle science and math, um, you can do just about anything else.
0: Well, I love that thought, and we'll end on that happy note, because sometimes students do get afraid of science uh, and math, and it's really just because they didn't understand or have a good experience. So thank you so much, Dr. Kortenkamp, for helping us learn a little bit more about about how to mentor students through project-based learning and how to really build their confidence. Thanks for listening, folks, and participating in the session on how to mentor students in project-based learning.